Hey, what is going on, movie lovers? Welcome back to another edition of No Content for Old Men. This is the podcast where every week I give you reviews of the latest movies and some streaming suggestions for your weekend. As always, I'm your host, Matt Craig. Thank you so much for listening. This week's show, we're talking about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And I know if you have listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know generally I'm not the biggest fan of superhero movies. And I usually check in periodically just to let you know that I still am not uh, impressed. (laughs) But this movie is different, and I will tell you exactly why (laughs) Uh, here in a second. Also, another new movie that came out this week was so good that I'm postponing it until next Friday. That's how good it was um, for a full review. Probably the second best movie of the year. Also, a new show on Freebie that's truly one of a kind, bending reality, and some very topical news-adjacent streaming suggestions. So you'll want to stick around for all of that. Before then, I want to let you know you can get in touch with me on Twitter, at MrMattCraig, or through my newsletter at MattCraig.substack.com. Let me know what you thought of Spider-Verse. It'll be one of, obviously, the most watched movies on this newsletter, on the podcast for most of the year. So if you watch this movie, let me know what you think of it or what other movies I should be watching in future weeks. All right, let's jump right into the future review. Plenty of ink has been spilled on this podcast, in my newsletter, and elsewhere. The crying the Marvel Cinematic Universe and its recent obsession with multiversal storytelling as a some sort of weed that's taken over the garden of modern blockbuster entertainment and choked out any semblance of creativity and risk-taking. My problem has never been with the idea of superheroes, or the multiverse, but rather how they've been deployed as a commercial tool for consequence erasure. Of course, no one believed me and most MCU fans in my life assume I have a personal vendetta. But case in point, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, a movie that is a multiverse-centric superhero sequel on top of everything else, is, in my opinion, not only the best movie of 2023, it could make a compelling case to be among the best movies in the past five years. This second entry in the Miles Morales story is far more ambitious than the first, expanding not only the scale, but also its point of view. As with most superhero fare, if I were to describe the plot to you, it would sound like gibberish, but the difference here is how grounded it is in relationships and experiences we can recognize. Miles is about to enter college and or an elite squad of universe-jumping spider people, in both cases, trying to prove himself as worthy of respect. He wants independence from his parents, who in turn only want what's best for him. He's in love with Gwen Stacy, a first movie love interest who is given a hero's arc here, and she's big-timing him. These are things we can connect with. I love that the movie also doesn't patronize the audience or hold its hand through complicated emotional territory. It allows the difficult scenes to be difficult. And you don't need to follow the minutia of cosmic blah, 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 because character motivations are clear and you're fully on board with why people are doing what they're doing. Just as often as it goes big, the movie returns to small character moments. Especially, or essentially, Spider-Verse does everything I wish the live-action MCU movies would do. A multiverse with stakes, universes which all feel different and look different. Developing real characters with flaws who can't always get what they want. Leaving me wondering why this model of movie can't entirely replace the bloated live-action productions with celebrities in latex suits dancing in front of a green screen. 
Unlike those movies, which are all digitally painted in drab tones, this movie is two and a half hours of vibrant colors, loud music, and crazy action. It's another entry in the growing trend of Gen Z and TikTok-influenced chaos pacing on screen, where more is more is more. I mean, think Everything Everywhere All at Once or Bo is Afraid. The creativity and imagination of these creators overwhelms the senses. Seriously, the visuals in this movie are nothing short of breathtaking. Each scene is like a work of art, and each world we jump to feels like a masterpiece created by a different artist with a different style and sensibility. For the first time, I feel like I understand the appeal of comic books, having rendered the experience of reading one on screen through multiple panels of action, text boxes, and sequences that simply couldn't exist in the real world, even with the help of CGI. Hearing, or having the movie be animated also allows you to assemble a voice cast that would cost roughly $4 bazillion in real life. You got Oscar Isaac, Daniel Kaluuya, Mahershala Ali, Issa Rae, Haley Steinfeld, Brian Tyree Henry, Andy Samberg, Jake Johnson, and literally a dozen others whose names or voices you're familiar with. That luxury gives basically every tiny character the gravitas of a star and fulfills the illusion that within each universe, that Spider-Man is quite literally the greatest being in existence. One of my personal measures of a great movie is how quickly I want to go out and see it again. And I'll be back to see Spider-Verse again this week. Preferably this time not at a 9.30 a.m. screening like before. My enthusiasm got so high that about halfway through, I even thought to myself, is this a perfect movie? For reference, on my Letterboxd account, I've logged 762 different films, and exactly 14 of them have 5 out of 5 stars. The only reason this movie got a 4.5 is because after 2 hours and 20 minutes, runtime, the filmmakers decided to entirely punt on an ending to the story and instead slap to be continued on as a capper, the only brazenly commercial decision in the entire project. If it's not a standalone story, it by definition cannot be a perfect movie, but that should tell you just how impressed I was. So see, I don't hate Marvel, or at least I don't have to hate Marvel. Every week, I give you something new, something old, and something to stream. This week, well, what was going to be something new was Past Lives, which is in theaters. I went to see writer-director Celine Song's autobiographical debut feature this week, expecting to plug it into this spot on the podcast, only to find a bottomless well of thoughts and feelings I could not stop turning over in my mind in the days since the screening. It is, I believe, the second best movie of the year so far, and as such deserves its own featured review spot. So, next Friday, it'll be first up. It's an A24 Super Indie with Oscar buzz, so my hope is that it will expand out to more theaters over the next several weeks. Despite the obvious lack of explosion and spectacle, I highly recommend finding this movie on a silver screen if you can. For reasons I will explain next week. But... I won't leave you empty-handed this week. Jury Duty on Freebie is this week something new. There's a new show on Amazon's free with ads platform that is, and I don't say this lightly, the first of its kind. A young man signs up for what he believes is a documentary about what it's like to be on a jury. What he doesn't know is that every single aspect of the trial, including the judge, the lawyers, the plaintiff, defendant, and all his jurors are all actors. So it's like... The Truman Show, but instead of being mean-spirited or driving the guy insane, it ends up being closer to a celebration of his kind heart 
and yes, his naivete. Through each stage of the trial and the sequestration, crazy events keep happening, meaning, you know, trying to push his buttons, leading to the kind of humor that can really only exist in real life moments. It's a fascinating show to watch, and I burned through it in just a couple of days. I highly recommend it. This week, Something Old came out in 1997, and it's also on Freeview, which I, I saw when I was looking for jury duty. It's Everyone Says I Love You. New York Magazine just did a cover story on Drew Barrymore, uh, which got me looking back through her early movie catalog, which is how I discovered this Woody Allen movie from the late 90s. It's kind of incredible that this movie exists, and it exists in part as an old-school soft-shoe musical with big dance numbers, but even more impressive is the young cast. Seriously, listen to this. Drew Barrymore plays a New York City socialite who's engaged to Ed Norton before running off with ex-con Tim Roth. Her sisters are Natalie Portman, Gabby Hoffman, and Natasha Lyonne, who's the movie's narrator. narrator. Lyonne has a brief relationship with Billy Crudup. And, and keep in mind, these are all teenagers before any of them became famous. Okay, People who already were famous are the parents, played by Alan Alda and Goldie Hawn. Alan himself is Han's ex-husband, who goes on to begin a relationship with Julia Roberts, <laughs> continuing the long tradition of Alan wish-casting himself beautiful romantic partners. <laughs> it's a cast that de- defies belief and makes what is otherwise a fairly predictable Woody Allen romp into a really, really fun streamer. This week's Something to Stream is on Max. It's Enemy. The photos of the New York City skyline this week are apocalyptic, drawing comparison to everything from Dune Part 2 to Breaking Bad Mexico, I mean, to everything. Uh, My mind immediately, though, went straight to the final haunting shot of this 2013 Denis Villeneuve thriller in which a massive spider looms above the city. That shot, and the movie as a whole, is quite trippy beginning with the dilemma of what to do if you were to be watching a movie one day and saw an actor who looked exactly like you, only getting more discomforting from there. Jake Gyllenhaal is the double face of a dark story that never allows its viewers to catch their breath or find their balance. And rather than relieve the tension of the mystery, each reveal only cranks the intensity up further. The ending spins it into almost philosophical or mystical direction, thus the spider, which can't even be considered a spoiler because I honestly don't know what it's supposed to mean. Still, the movie is gorgeous and tantalizing, and the ultimate endorsement I can give it is the two hours plus I spent googling theories and explanations after the first time I watched it. All right, guys, that is going to do it for this week's show. Really appreciate you listening and sharing the word. If you like it, head over to the newsletter. Again, mattcraig.substack.com. There you'll find this week's trailer watch, which is for Bottoms, a new, uh, how do I say, raunchy high school comedy <laughs> starring Rachel Sennett and um, the girl from The Bear, who's great, Ayo Edebiri. I need to learn how to say that because she is definitely here to stay. Not to mention Marshawn Lynch uh, makes an appearance in this trailer (laughs) in kind of a big role. Um, As for next week's show, as I said, Past Lives. Wow, loved it. I was just like putting some notes to myself in my phone for what I could write about next week. And 
it ended up being a very long document. I mean, it's a movie that really, really, really makes you think, um, and there's really a lot of layers to it. And honestly, I think even though it came out here in uh, June, I think it's going to be award season material. So you want to stick around or come back next week and see what that's all about. But until then, guys, I guess I'll see you at the movies.